Hey everyone, this is Bo Ransdell. I am the co-writer and co-EP on Lost After Dark. Uh, with me here is the man that makes it all happen. The director, also co-writer and co-EP, Ian Kessner. Hey everybody, I'm really happy you guys are with us today. We're super stoked to bring you this commentary. Yep, uh, so we had some requests for commentary that uh, did not exist on the DVD. So uh, here it is. We're going to do it and release it for free. So if you uh, want to hear some juicy behind-the-scenes gossip and also just uh, some making of stuff, uh, then here we go. Okay, so uh, you are going to see the production credits and those logos. You are then going to see some burn uh, on the film stock. And then you are going to see a black screen and hear an audio cue. And you will want to start the film and the commentary at that point. You will hear that sound right now. All right. Uh, and here we are. This is the house, Ian. Where are we? We are in Perry Sound, which is in northern Ontario. That seems like uh, not Michigan. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually filmed here for two days out of the uh, 16 and a half days that we filmed. And the other uh, days we filmed up in Sudbury. Oh, here is the beautiful Sarah Fisher. Um, we were supposed to shoot with her for a full day, and instead we had two hours just before the sun came up, so it was a nightmare. But she was a real trooper, and in this scene here where she uh, goes running through the trees in a moment, uh, she actually ran through a bee's nest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actors suffering for their art, that's always nice to see. Exactly. Um, she No, she was a total trooper right here. She went through the nest, and uh, she still gave us a bunch of other takes. She's She's just amazing. Yeah, and we always, I think, plan to have this opening scene sort of represent uh, not only story-wise uh, later on in the film, but but also sort of the beginning of maybe, or the end of a movie that had happened before this one even. Um, you know, I don't know how deep we want to go into the, the deep, dark origins of Lost After Dark, but um, <laughs> yes, there was, there was a plan for that. But we always did want, did want to have that opening kill scene as a lot of the classics did. Absolutely. Um, now we come to our, our virgin. Yes. Our uh, sweet Kendra Timmons. Oh, I love that tuxedo shirt, by the way. I fought hard to try and find that. We had to scour Sudbury. And, uh, on the last day, some guy who was on the crew actually, uh, heard that we were looking for one and brought one in. Excellent. That, yeah, we had talked about that, uh, quite a bit actually of, of Toby's wardrobe to an extent. And, uh, speaking of Jesse Camacho, oh geez, what a nice guy. Oh. Amazing. Such a, a horror fan as well and student of, of film. Yeah. And, and so this is, again, the traditional setup to a slasher film in that here is our uh, our final girl. You know, we're getting our, our backstory. We're getting the tragic uh, family past. And all right, let's 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 just do it. David Lipper, there he is. There he is. He's in full Burt Reynolds mustache glory. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I really love the colors that we went with in this scene, you know, it's really very representative of the 80s. If you notice that first clip, um, we were in the 70s and I, you, you can really feel the transition to the 80s with the production design here. So that was uh, a picture of Lori, uh, her sister who was killed in the first scene. Yes. Um, unfortunately the actress sent us a picture where she was in sunglasses and had her hair pulled back. <laughs> so it's a little hard to recognize her, but 
you should have hopefully made that connection right there, and if not, a little bit later on. Right. We we I think make it plenty clear later on that uh, uh, she is poor. Poor Adrian. Yes. Just gets it every every way possible. <laughs> just the worst luck in the world. How about that? <laughs> Talk about his luck. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is maybe the most tragic figure of this film. Uh, <laughs> if you look at it the right way. So, um, but yeah, there there was a real sweetness you know, to these moments, I think with, uh, with the two of them. And, and that's what you need. I mean, we're basically, we are setting the audience up at this point to just yank the rug out from under them. Absolutely. And, uh, I just want to add, Oh, here comes, well, we'll, we'll get to that later. Let's jump on to Mr. C. Ah, <laughs> uh, Robert Patrick. What a champ. Uh, so, this kid wasn't even allowed to talk. And not only was he not allowed to talk because he was an extra, but I wasn't allowed to talk to him. So I had to give him direction through the AD or else we'd have to pay him as an actor. So that was interesting. But I think he did a good job. I, I definitely like the vest. Oh, yeah. It's a good looking vest on him. And and, uh, and Robert's ad lib with the kick there was just money. Yeah. I gotta say. You know, I'll point it out later, but Robert Patrick has my favorite line of the movie that was never in the script. I mean, that that guy really played with the material and not in a way that, you know, as a writer made me mad. It was just like, oh, yeah, he made this all better. Absolutely. And I want to add that in that scene, he was supposed to come out and it was a silent scene. It was just an introduction where he comes out, sees the kid, pulls him inside. Robert came to me two minutes before the we were going to air and said to me, hey, you know, you got me here. Mm -hmm. If you want to give me lines... So I sat there furiously scribbling, remember, just a couple mm -hmm. of lines. I think I texted you in the middle of that because um, you weren't on set that day. And uh, and then Robert just read them and nailed them. Yeah. One shot, came out the door, and uh, it was just awesome. Uh, so here's Jamie, of course. And, and before we talk about uh, what a good job she does, I, a couple of people have also noted the names in this film are obvious references to... Adrian Barbeau and Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, yeah, it, like, the males as well, you know, Toby Hooper and, and so forth. And people asked about that and why we did that. And I have to say, it's just because I love the movie night of the creep so very much. And that movie uh, does the exact same thing. And sometimes uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And it also <laughs> worked, I think thematically because this movie is a big sloppy wet kiss to this kind of, kind of film. And, uh, horror films in general. So uh, it seemed appropriate, but that's why that's, there is no uh, ulterior motive other than I wanted to do it too. Uh, and I'm happy you did. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that in that opening shot here of the three boys that we just, we just had, that was kind of my little uh, nod to animal house Yeah, <laughs> where they all pop their heads out and then kind of go commando style across the parking lot. So now we have the amazing Justin Kelly come in and Stefan James both wonderful actors. Um, so, and I, I gotta say, I love Kendra in this. Oh, I really yeah. think she, she brought that girl next door quality. She oh. looks completely innocent and oh geez. Oh geez. Here comes Marilyn. I gotta say Eve Harlow was so much fun to work with. She actually made me cry in the audition, which was the first time that ever happened with an actress. And, uh, she ad libbed a great line at the end of this scene, which, uh, we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. She's great. And especially later on there, there's a scene spoilers where she's murdered, um, <laughs> that she just nails. Yeah. And it's, that's actually the scene where she made me cry in the audition in the callbacks. Um, 
And what was so impressive was that she didn't have that scene on her. Like she came in with another scene, but she didn't actually prepare for the second scene. And then she went out and took 10 minutes and came back in and just crushed it. Uh, so good. One, one of the people that, it, as soon as you saw her on an audition tape, you knew. Yeah. Like, oh, she's got this. And uh, Oh, by the way, in that last moment there where she says the line about the cow eyes, that was a line that Eve's teacher used to yell at her. And, and Robert really loved it when he heard it. So, you know, we put it in. Uh, poor Toby, <laughs> once again, just establishing the fact that uh, he's just never going to get the girl. God bless him. Yeah, I really love this scene. Um, that's uh, we we actually did that live, like so many of the special effects. Um, there's nothing. There's no uh, visual effect there. It's just him. We actually that was probably our, our driver rubbing those. <laughs> we didn't Jesse. Honest to goodness. Okay, let's do this. Okay, here comes Heather. Uh Again, I got to say, now, you know, just look at this costume design. So much fun. The colors are so great. Really reminds me of, of the 80s, especially that crimp in Jamie's hair, mm-hmm. which yeah. I insisted they put in there because my sister used to have that. Uh, if I can say one thing uh, about how, how good her performance is as Heather, there was a line in the, uh, speaking of the audition tapes, uh, it, it's the line about how many calories are in a cigarette. And... Watching the audition tapes and hearing a lot of other actors deliver that line, I started to think this line just doesn't work and we're going to have to change it. And then I heard her delivery and said to myself, oh, no, 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 we're fine. She, it's just got to be the right delivery. Yeah. You know, this is an interesting moment as well. Um, sort of a moment where we're foreshadowing. Jamie actually has yeah. second thoughts here. There's like sort of a, she gets a bad vibe. Um, it's kind of our nod. Are not to her being the final girl. Yeah. If you're paying close attention there. Yeah. So if you're watching this with the commentary after uh, seeing it, yes, there we do actually hint a little bit yes. that she's going to be the girl. Oh, I love Alex Calvert. He's such a great actor. He's such a good douchebag. And at the same time, you learn to love him. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, in real life, he's the nicest, coolest cat in the world. So, I mean, this is not him. He's not normally a douche. Right, but he he pulls it off so well. He's one of those guys that, uh, you know, I I almost regret how much of a jerk he is in this movie <laughs> because I don't want people to think he's like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's so not. And uh, oh, these two are so sweet. I mean, he's such the perfect quarterback yeah. crush. He, and it's so <laughs> wholesome. Like, they're the perfect couple because both of them look like they could be Mr. and Mrs. Suburbia. And... Yeah, just the best. And and that's what the whole gig is. We've got to sell that, right? We've got to make sure that those two feel like the key to the film and then not do that. But, man, you know, this movie does truck along. We're on the bus now. We're moving. Oh, hold on. I love him. I love his one-liners. Mm-hmm. That one, a, a variation of that is in the script. The AWOL line does exist, although I, th- I think he peppered that a little bit. There, the one later we'll uh, we'll get to that it's was just, just off. It's amazing how he just nails the tone. I want to tell you that we didn't have Jamie for this shot. You notice she's not in the bus, mm-hmm. and actually, she actually wasn't even in the last scene when the kids got on the bus. We actually had to dress a production assistant in her dress and just run him by the camera because we lost her that day. Um, it's a little bit of trickery, movie magic, uh, and yeah. So this scene uh, was really just 
us realizing at a certain point we don't have a lot of murder between the first scene and when when things go real wrong at the end of the film. Uh, so we also want to establish, you know, this is Junior's hunting ground. And and he's still there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it, I think the scene works two ways. It does give us that pop, you know, mm-hmm. um, between the first kill and all the other kills. Um, and at the same time, it establishes uh, Junior's still alive and well and protecting his home. Yes. And also that uh, he hates people who skin squirrels, apparently. Yes, especially in his living room floor. And this is, uh, by the way, Spider Allen, who has a really cool first name. He absolutely does. <laughs> and and uh, did a really nice death. That was all done in camera, like mo- most everything. I think that's the only line that Junior says in the whole movie. There's actually. a laugh later, yeah. but yeah, the the only time you hear him speak is that uh, killer mix. Come on, yeah, we're sometimes we're suckers. Yeah, a classic. And uh, it's so funny how you know I really love this scene because it's just one of those classic montages, you know. And yeah. the the music is so eighties that we found. It's the best. Yeah, none of this is music oh. from the period. I just want to say we didn't have Jesse for this scene. Uh-huh. So he was filming something in Toronto and I had to come up later. And so all the shots of Jesse on the bus here, Jesse filmed separately. And we married it to make it look like Jesse was there. Yeah, if you've got the DVD, you'll see one of the shots that I really, really love from this scene. Uh, where it's Jesse looking up into the mirror and the lighting's just perfect on him. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, yeah so I the mean, music is all period appropriate, but none of it is from the period. Right. It's all actually sound-alikes. We tried to get... Um, there it is. Look at that look. Uh, yeah, he's not happy uh, to see Marilyn grooving with Wes. But um, yeah, the music, we tried to get some original tracks. It was just too expensive and too time-consuming on the schedule we were on and with the budget we had. So we ended up going with these sound-alikes. And um, I found a great company called First Com, and and they worked out wonderful. I mean, there's so many cool tracks that we found. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, you know, we've taken some compliments for the music, and and oh, look, can we, can we just add about his his fro and how good his fro looks right there? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a look we were going for from that the character from Dazed and Confused, mm-hmm. um, who had that great fro. I mean, look at that. Stefan is such a great actor. I got to say, he's coming out in in uh, in Race now, where he's playing Jesse Owens in such a serious powerful role and he was in Selma and normally you know you see him doing drama so I I think he's great as Wesley in this you know he gets to really flex his comedy chops yeah as well as take it in the eye (laughs) and I don't know if we point this out there is the you know the line of uh earlier it's all fun and games till someone loses an eye and that that's certainly an allusion to his ultimate fate yes as they are getting on the bus right the uh obligatory Skin uh, ladies scene. getting dressed shot from every <laughs> slasher ever. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been asked by a few people, just a few, why there isn't more nudity. And I can just tell you that uh, whatever flew in the 80s doesn't fly now. If you want to get really talented actresses, you know, you can't just be gratuitous with that stuff. And it didn't feel really right for the scene, you know. Sure. This, this scene for me is really about like a loss of innocence and, you know, shows how innocent adrian really is it, it's a and you know what's interesting is this moment which is sort of titillating we sort of turn on itself by revealing that the killer here is actually watching them yeah you know so i think it was handled great 
and these girls had so much fun. Yeah, and you know, as you said, we're kind of transitioning from hey, things are groovy and we're going <laughs> to the cabin. Oh, Johnny. Yeah, we, I like this because you know, you think for a second he was the one that was spying on them, and then we have the reveal right after this shot. That, right. Somebody's really watching. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, so like, you know, tossing the Rubik's Cube out the window, the changing of the clothes, all this stuff is we are shifting now from the the John Hughes like teen comedy movie into horror. Yeah, which is true. I love to always think of this movie as a John Hughes movie gone very bad. Um, I love, oh, by the John. way, <laughs> that's just a great line. And if you look at Calvert, he's wearing that double douche collar. Mm-hmm. Like he's got the polo inside the polo. It's just Ugh. such a nice touch. As is Wesley's Walkman. <laughs> oh, they, they uh, seem like such a good couple. Nothing can possibly happen to them. Yeah. Yeah, the dynamic between these kids. You know, this was not easy to film, by the way. When you're filming eight, eight actors uh, having a conversation and you're trying to keep track of where everybody is in the eye lines and everything else, it's this is one of the hardest things to actually shoot, believe it or not. Yeah, it's... It's the 12 angry men of horror films because they're just all over the place in this movie. And uh, the fact that you know where these people are in any given scene is kind of that like that sounds really easy, but it's completely hard. You did such a nice job with that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Beat it, Toby. Yeah. You know, as soon as the girl says she'll go with him, he's just such a sucker. Yeah, I know. You know. Everyone, uh, or not everyone, I've we taken plenty of I, I've, <laughs> I've taken plenty of heat for Toby's treatment in this movie, and how how mean we are to him pretty much every step of the way. And I just want to say, I think Jesse was on board every step of the way. Uh, I think he understood, you know, the need for Toby to just be shit on every second. Yeah, but I mean, he's also he's a great everyman. Yeah, you know, I mean, we all take our hits. Yeah. I love that. I really I love like that, that turn. Me too. I just have to wait for that to happen. I love that that cut. Yeah. Um, so good. Uh, but yeah, so this was uh, a scene, if I can, a quick personal story. The The story that Toby tells here about uh, Mrs. Bueller, um, the the teacher, and the uh, the impact of him being high in her class is actually a story a good friend of mine named Ben Kennedy told me. <laughs> while we were in high school and it has stuck with me to the point that you hear it now. That's great. I'll tell you guys, this is uh we only had a crane for one day on this shoot. Um, we did not have a lot of loot mm-hmm. and this is the day we had the crane and we were using it here. Actually. Um, you wouldn't necessarily know. It's not like a traditional crane shop, but once we had it set up for the, the shot of the house where they all arrive, we were able to use it to film this scene. Oh, here we go. Yep. There it is. Yeah, this all happened. This is all total (laughs) truth. This is also, uh, it's tough to keep them in focus, you know, when they're moving like this into the camera. And um, it wasn't easy to to cut this scene together. But I think it really came out great. Again, you know, there's so much warmth between these characters. You know, we've talked about that in the past, but people have said that they really love these characters. And I think... That's you know testament to the good writing and the great acting that we 
we're able to find a way to make you care about them before we start killing them. Yeah. And I certainly appreciate it. And I owe everything to the actors here who um, really made these lines jump to life in a way that sometimes I didn't think was possible. (laughs) Uh, You know, I love the arts. One of my favorite characters in any horror film is always uh, the jerk. (laughs) And in, there is a turn later where I think we try to make him a, a bit sympathetic, but man, he just does such a nice job of being an asshole from jump. It's tough. Oh man. You know, this is, this is a great moment. Um, uh, and it comes with a really co- funny story actually. Uh, obviously here <laughs> is, uh, precious, the dog <laughs> yeah, who, who was in there the whole time. Sure. And, um, you know, it, the producers wanted me to write Precious out. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, a lot of people were worried about you know what happens to Precious and, and her fate. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just a nightmare to find a dog up in Sudbury. There were no dog wranglers. And um, they kept bringing me these really big dogs. And then finally they said, we found the dog. And I, I, it was the day before. And I rushed down from my hotel room to, to meet the dog. And the dog was again like, like a 20-pound dog. And it was like, God, <laughs> you, we cannot put this in a purse. Or, or like a, a lady's bag. So um, we got on on the day, somebody showed up with this this little puppy. Was um, it a rescue? No, it wasn't a rescue. It was actually one of the crew members' friends' dogs. And as soon as it got there, we just put that put those people in the trailer and just went to work with the dog. Like they thought the dog was just coming to audition, but we just were like, okay, we got the dog. Yeah, Let's go. This is it. This is precious. It's Let's the, move. It's the right size. All right, we're about to hit the house. And oh, and now we should also bring up uh, Peter Mahaychik and his wonderful production design and his team because look at this mailbox. Yeah, so dope. Ah, oh. so you know, I had to really fight for that house. They wanted me to shoot the whole movie in Sudbury, but I I found that house. It was a hundred years old, and uh, I was committed to using that house for the exterior, and um, I won that battle. It's so creepy. As soon as we saw pictures of that thing, it was, and and the was it the interior of this one that had, uh, or am I thinking of the the other location that had all the stuff where the production design didn't necessarily need to do that much work? It would have been this house, yeah. Uh, it, you know, if we, <laughs> sorry, if we didn't switch the house to the other house in Sudbury, but we'll get back to that. So, all right, why disco? I get that. I get that question. Uh, you know. <laughs> Reagan. Why disco was because we just felt like it would be fun if Mr. C had this sort of secret private life where he was, you know, a ladies' man. Right. And, bit of a swinger. Yeah, bit of a swinger. And, you know, he came up through NOM. And mm. so we just figured he, he really hadn't hit the 80s tunes yet. He was still grooving to, uh, to Saturday Night Fever mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's... That's a nice touch. It, it's very silly in a way, but... Yeah, absolutely. But, you know... And so is him watching cartoons. Yes. You know, look, there's a certain tone that we wanted to keep with the film. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, you know, make it really fun as well, scary. And, I, you know, play off that 80s vibe. You know. Oh, sorry. Just got distracted by I, Robert. Sure, sure. And, and we literally out. have a Chekhov's gun in this film, as you saw, as uh, uh, the esteemed Mr. Lipper was cleaning it. Uh, that yes. will, of course, go off in the third act. Yeah, he's supposed to be a security guard 
Um, I think his outfit is leaning over the chair in one of the scenes. Hopefully people pick up on that. I love this Olivia Newton-John sounding mm-hmm. <laughs> sound alike in the background. It's actually, if you listen to the words, it's totally commentating on the scene that's happening. It's like almost literal. <laughs> so it's really funny. You can see some mosquitoes flying around there in the Canadian night. Oh, but just look at those big blue eyes of hers. How could anything happen to her? Uh, you she know, it's, just... a, it's amazing because, you know, this movie um, was originally scheduled to be filmed in November uh, in the winter because of that's just how it came together. And then we ended up um, going down because of uh, some financial reasons and going back up nine months later. And when we did, we filmed it in the summer. But, you know, originally she was my first choice. And at the same time, um, we couldn't get her. And it wasn't until the film went up a second time that we were able to actually get her. So I actually got her as a first choice. And all these actors were all my first choices, which was a miracle. And I'm blessed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This, of course, is an allusion to later when uh, Jamie is on the run. Her uh, mental capacity for pushing through pain. Yeah. Um, And and also, of course, uh, Wesley... Being a bit of a dog, as she calls him. Yeah, no, this is just a great scene between them. Um, <laughs> it really makes you feel for both of them. And at the same time, like you said, it sort of puts it out there for later on when she's um, got the injury from the bear trap that she's able to push through that pain. So this is a really fun scene, I think. Yeah, this, as written... This would have been a uh, a bus shrouded in fog. Yes. Um, unfortunately, as as we have pointed out, this was not necessarily the biggest budgeted production. <laughs> and sometimes things like smoke machines are really uh, expensive. Yeah. We had just over a million bucks to make this movie. Um, so fog machines were out. Yes. They're very difficult to control. You actually need a fog wrangler. Uh, it's not It's not so easy as just putting up a machine in your basement when you were doing a little party when you were a kid. Right. And this is no set. I mean, the, we're, we're filming this outside. Absolutely. We actually bought this school bus. That's right. <laughs> we own the school bus. Uh, we bought this bus because uh, we couldn't find anything that, that looked like this that we could rent. Um, and then uh, the production designer resold it at the end of the show because we, we needed that money for, to pay off other bills. Yeah. And that's almost a, a tip of the hat there to Nightmare on Elm Street and, and Freddy raking... The knife uh, fingers over uh, the metal pipes. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So we're just basically uh, creeping out uh, these kids. Of course, they could easily look out the window and see them. <laughs> that, yeah, that is a conceit we we're making. Yeah, no. This is just meant to um, create a little suspense. You sure. know, keep that energy going. Start pushing us towards much more scary, which is where we're headed. I feel like the whole movie is a snowball. It know? really is. I think at a certain point, uh, and you'll see, it's really the point where we discover Toby. From there on, it is the you know the pedal goes down yeah. and we don't let up. And I really love the innocence again in that scene. You know, so yeah. much of the of the setup is really geared to make you feel that that kind of uh, naivety and innocence of that time period. You know, versus the kids today that are in the horror movies that feel a lot more self aware. And yeah. I have a lot more smart-ass comments. And... Yeah, I, you know, it was important to us. Uh-oh, look at this guy. He knows oh, yeah. what he's doing. He's seen combat. Yeah, he can't, he can't be around the gun without playing with it. Yeah. 
but yeah, it, it was important for us not to to have the characters and the dialogue necessarily wink at the audience. Yeah, that was crucial. Yeah. We, you know, one of the things that really works with this movie is that they play it straight. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to do a parody or... A... <laughs> yeah, it's hard It's hard to talk over Robert Patrick. He is so much fun in this and, and so intense and weird. Yeah, and he just, he, you know, he can just shift between, you know, between comedy and gravitas. It's like, you know, he just moves into that drama. As as I have said before, and I, I would imagine you agree, if you have the opportunity opportunity to put Robert Patrick in your movie, please do so. Yeah, and I think also, you know, the unsung hero in this scene is David Lipper, who is just, you know, so good as dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a bit of a thankless role. Yet luckily, you know, we give him at the end he he, you know, becomes the hero. But, you know, I've known David for years. He's just a wonderful actor and uh usually he plays like the the leading man, you know, kind of stud kind of character. So for this, I, you know, it was a lot of fun to be able to put him in that stash. Honest to goodness, moon. Give him the can, the comb over. Yeah, the moon. That was a real blue harvest moon. Look at that! What a nice shot. We, oh, that's my favorite shot. I think in the movie. Again, the day we had the crane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to point out the uh, we we were talking over it. I'm afraid, but the. Uh, uh, line Robert Patrick has where uh, upon discovery of the missing cabin key, uh, his lines, what are the coordinates? Yeah. That is all Robert Patrick. And it is my favorite thing in the movie. I think it, well, almost <laughs> I like, I, I like hurting precious. I really like this moment. I, I love when Johnny goes down and Heather defends him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah that that dynamic is kind of interesting to me. One of one of the more interesting character relationships in the movie because they are the stereotypical jerk and his you know hot girlfriend. Yeah, but there's a real dynamic happening. In fact, uh, when we were discussing it, we uh, we decided that if this movie had not happened and these characters just lived their lives, um, Heather is kind of about to break up with Johnny. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to add that this location now, this interior of this house is actually not the, you know, the same house as the exterior that we saw earlier. So when they walked through that door, they actually walked into a second location, which is strange because uh, this was written to be a single location mm-hmm. film so that we could do it, you know, for le- you know, less money and make it happen. And ultimately, the exterior of the house, the interior of the house, the farm, I'm sorry, the, uh, the barns. Those are all separate locations on different properties that we tied together. Even that shot was from the other house in Perry Sound. That yeah. exterior shot we just cut in there from outside. Yeah, it, it's amazing how well the two work together. It, I, I don't know if you didn't point it out how many people would realize that there were two locations at work here. Again, you know, a testament to Peter Mahajek and his team of production design. <laughs> and, oh, you know, so I, good. Yeah, I was just looking at uh, Heather's hair. It's just so great, you know. Yeah. Also, that's that's Michelle Talon, another one of my crew, and and she's just she really it's it's not easy to put these people all in their eighties hair, eight of them. Heather's good one, baby, still cracks me up. Oh yeah, that good one again. You know that defending him, even yeah. as there's drama between them, is what really makes them feel like a real couple. You know? Yeah, yeah.
you know. Yeah, and so this is the point of every horror film where these kids, if they had any brains, would get the hell out of there. Although, in you know, I think they're doing reasonably the smart thing. Sorry, yeah. that's a classic Camacho right there. Yeah. I love that line because yeah. he, he, you know, Jesse's like twice his size, you know, but it's, it's about attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Toby's the nice guy. He's, yeah. he's the one who's going to finish last because he, he's just too much of a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. This is that scene where you're just like, what? You're all splitting up. Right. But I, I think that's what works again is that we grew up with these movies in the eighties and they had this kind of logic sometimes. And, you know, you want to play into it and at the same time twist it around and, and you know, subvert it. But. And, yeah, poor poor Toby and Marilyn heading out to the barn. Nothing good can ever happen in a barn in a horror film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it's a really nice house. The uh, uh, You'll have to point it out, but I know there was a wall that had to be completely taken out. Yeah. To uh, to shoot some of the interior, yeah the the main bedroom that they go into was actually two rooms, and we knocked out a wall, but we kind of left some of the damage, so it looks like Junior did it. Yeah, um, you can't imagine how bright this scene was. It, I, I I saw <laughs> oh, yeah, this scene it, yeah. before the <laughs> the correction was done, and yeah, it it was like it was full daylight. It, yeah, I mean, there was a line there even when Wesley lights the lighter, I think, that was originally in there that I have a take of where he says something about how dark it is, but we took a safety because it was so bright. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid to use it. Um, but, you know, uh, Drake Conrad, who's a killer color timer, uh, made it all work. Uh, and here's our drama. Uh, yeah, so we wanted to pair off all these kids. We wanted to see the relationships between them. Um, again, a little bit more character building here. So, uh, it is all for the devious purpose of making you care even just a little bit about them. Yeah. Here's like a a false killer POV kind of thing. You know, you don't really know if it's him or not him, but again, it just, it's a fun shot because it gives you that sense of foreboding and like they are being watched. Yeah. They're all in trouble. And when we start picking them off one by one, we hope that, uh, that it's more effective, you know. What, what we're going for here is psychological trauma. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and again, I, I like, you know, like the end of that last scene where you know he recognizes that you know he hasn't been so nice to her, and yeah, yeah. In in my head, Johnny has a whole lot of daddy issues that result in his <laughs> behavior, um, and he's just not old enough and mature enough to understand that, so he's just kind of a shithead. Yeah, I want to say, you know, originally a lot of these scenes when we wrote them were written. Um, one after the other consecutively Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until the edit that we you know found the key to the to keeping the pacing which was to intercut them Um, right which was interesting because later we tried that in the third act and it just totally didn't work um there you really needed to be with the actors in the scene yeah i believe i saw the edit of that where where we went in between yeah all the, the kills I just got to say that this was not in the script either. Mm-hmm. If you remember, um, when I got to the location and they were showing me the other barn, which was the main barn, I saw this barn 15 feet away and I saw the hooks hanging. Those were really there. And uh, I was like, guys, we got to use this. They were like, but it's not in the script. I'm like, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. How do you have hooks hanging from the ceiling? Yeah, we're, we're, we're shooting. It's this. 15 feet away. Just give me one night with Bo and we will put the scene here. Um, so yeah, I love that. And that's actually a real moon up there. Yeah. Again, uh, another really nice shot. And 
Yeah, um, we got really lucky with that moon. Get um, used to that door, Toby. <laughs> it's going to be home. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, please do because we are spoiling the shit out of it, and it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah, and I really, by the way, going back to that one barn, two barn thing, it's really great that they have that transition from the first mm-hmm. barn to the second barn. Again, just kind of slowly pushes it forward in like a, a dreadful, inevitable way, you know? Yeah, and we're also, you know, we're laying out the geography. <laughs> Clearly, the Zippo is lighting up the room. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, not everything's going to be perfect. It was, it was not, it's a minor miracle. This movie exists in the first place. Yeah. And also a lot of these things are intentional. Um, we knew they would be like that, but that's the fun of doing a low budget eighties movie, you know, or at least making it feel like a low budget eighties movie. And all that, all this stuff was in the house, right? No, actually that mannequin. Well, these dresses, yes, these dresses were found in this house and that is really super creepy. So we knew we had to use this room. Yeah, um, but the mannequin uh, was treated by uh, by Peter and his team to look very freakish. Yeah. All right, a lot of gnarly stuff happens in the bar. Again, geography. Like, let's see all the places that we can ultimately murder someone. Yeah. Um, so that when they appear later, it doesn't seem as completely random. And if you'll notice in this, this shot opened up with an overhead. It was a real big wide shot of the barn, and they came right through it, and then got to the car. Uh, mm-hmm. Later on, when we come back in here with Johnny and Heather, I took a whole different approach where we're really with Johnny and Heather, and it takes us a while to wind through the barn. We never get a wide overhead because we're not sure if Junior's hiding there, right. so we really kept it tight. So that was part of a strategy in terms of how to shoot both those scenes and not make them feel the same. And if you want to see uh, Toby's heartbreak, it's coming up. Yeah, and also his good sense. He he will not smoke cigarettes. Which yes. Is, you know. That, in fairness, that that's an irony that I've always found hilarious <laughs> in, in people. So uh, sometimes you just do things uh, to make you laugh. Oh my gosh, guys! I can't tell you how many takes we had to take to uh, make that lantern light. Really, <laughs> it's like ten or twelve takes to get that lantern lit. Ugh. And that, that's hilarious. Yeah, you got that right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but they are they are the most wholesome couple I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> and this scene sells it. I love the the repetition of the kiss that okay, this isn't quite right. And then the the shot of her heels lifting up is just beautiful. Oh yeah, that's one of one of my other favorite shots in the film. Like that makes my top ten. And yeah. it's great because it's just a girl's feet going up, but everything it is, you know, it signifies. Yeah. It's all about her her and uh, and her pink heads. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Now, well, her and, P- and and poor Sean, you know, they've now to me, they are a couple. They're not just uh, flirting after that kiss. I think they're for real. Oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let, let's give Justin a little credit, too, because most of his dialogue is actually... He's Captain Exposition, and right. here at the very middle of the road, here's here's the story we're establishing, and the fact that he can uh, create uh, this character for himself uh, in a lot of ways, I, I feel like I, I mistreated poor Sean yeah. uh, in the script, because he, he is such a white bread, kind of wholesome guy. I really like this moment, um, if you listen close, 
Yeah, the creek. You can hear the creek. And so, you know, you don't know, is Junior down there or not? Was he actually watching them? And, you know, just got to point out an overall note that the music was killer here. Like Eric Allman, who did the soundtrack, which he put out, um, is amazing to work with. Like there's wall to wall composition in here. So that was not easy. And I just think he came up with some great stuff. We worked really hard on it. (laughs) Look at that giant cross. And of course, uh, the jerk is going to try to make a little time with his girlfriend while everything else needs to get done. I got to tell you, their uh, their lips were getting chapped at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> Every scene we had the making out. I really love this scene too. Um, I like the way we filmed it, um, going around in the 360. Mm-hmm. How they cross right there and. This was a great scene because when you know when you were blocking this with the actors initially we were just kind of standing by the car and having the scene but it, there was no no movement you got to keep you know this is film it's not a play so once we started working on it we came up with this dynamic and uh I think it really works especially later when there's some drama between them and uh they actually get separated Oh, Toby. Oh, no. Oh, brutal. <laughs> and here it is. The moment his heart breaks. Yeah. Uh, I love her line. <laughs> oh, God. Eve, she, she delivers that. So, like that. Yeah. That could have like been so horrible in so many people's delivery, but Eve just captured it and and sold it, you know, and it's perfect coming out of her mouth. Yeah, she is like all of the actors are, are wonderful to watch, but there there are things that she'll do with a line that I really love. Like I said, the the end of it, I'll I'll gush all about how how great her death scene is. Yeah, and actually, I, we didn't point it out earlier, but when all the kids come through the house in the beginning, and then they all leave the kitchen into the main room you see Eve hangs back for a second and looks around and then then sort of catches up to the rest. Mm -hmm. And that was all Eve. I didn't tell her to do that. She just had the instincts. Yeah. So good. And and she actually somewhat delivers the theme of the film. Uh, Uh Oh uh, yeah. That's not good. Um, So this was done using (laughs) a fish wire pulling. There's not actually a dog in there. We just put fish wire there and started pulling the bag. And right. Just to remind everyone, hey, this is uh, precious, and and that dog still exists in the movie until we <laughs> yeah. need to, we need it later. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's funny. These two actually knew each other in Vancouver before I cast them, and when I cast them, I didn't know they knew each other, but they did. They had grown up in the same neighborhood or something, so it was actually. It was better. It was good for us because they they had some chemistry to begin with because yeah. they were already friends. And now they are married. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! What's happening here? One of my favorite lines that's coming up, though. That wasn't it. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah, it was too much tea. Yeah, I had, I, I ruined it by talking. Yeah, over it. I'm a simple man. Sometimes those things make me laugh, but. Uh, uh, what I was saying earlier, just to, to fit this in, if anyone is curious, uh, the thematic uh, response of this movie is to sort of Reagan-era 
uh, slashers where you are you are punished for the things you do. Like poor Toby here does drugs, so he must be murdered. And you know, Adrian and Sean are the the nice kids who nothing could possibly happen to. And uh, and this movie basically says, no, no, it doesn't matter how you behave. Death is coming. Another one of my favorite shots. Yep. I gotta say, here we. I have, like that too. Yeah, the, yeah, and this is cool too. We actually vaseline the lens to get that effect, <laughs> so that's pretty old school. The moonlighting shot, I think they call that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. He says this must have taken hours, and yeah. that kills me because it was supposed to be uh, weeks or months. You remember? And um, in the ADR, we forgot to put it in, and because uh, he 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 delivered it that way, but it was just. It is one of those things that's really interesting because when you write in the script, hey, there's this altar of bones, and then some production designer has to go do that. Yeah. And and I think it looks really cool. Oh, yeah. The altar of bones, they put a lot of work into it, and there's a lot of detail. If you get close to it, there's just so many cool knickknacks and and victims, charms, hanging, souvenirs. All right, sorry, that is a Ghostbusters reference. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a great shot that was of Eve. I love that. That's kind of a Soylent Green moment. Yeah. Oh, she's, Um, yeah, she sells the idea of how terrifying this thing is to me. You know, it was really important also that with all these kids that we really kept uh, Kendra front and center, Mm -hmm. you know, kept Adrian kept her point of view really strong throughout each scene. So that's why she's in front here. Mm-hmm. But even if you go backwards on everything, you'll see that we always make sure to make sure that we don't lose her, her perspective on the scene. And, you know, some of the hardest things you can do in a horror film is to invent a backstory for your killer. You know, sometimes yeah. it's almost better not to have a backstory at all, but you know, it was important us to do that. Great delivery there, yeah. you know. Like again, the actors are believable because they're they believe it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying they're not they're not doing it with a wink and a nod. It's like we said, they're playing it straight. Here's the big Lori reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we heard Dad talk about that earlier in the first scene, and obviously, uh, she never made it to that hippie commune she was heading for. <laughs> oh, Ian, we're about to get into it. This is. This is really the turning point of the movie where we uh, we have oh. kind of hope. <laughs> Don't yeah, forget, right. yeah. Precious. Hey, audience, there's the dog. I want to say a special uh, like big ups to uh, Heather for not taking a header. She had to run through these fields in these incredibly high heels. And it was just an, it was amazing to us, me and the rest of the cast, that she never fell. You know, she was always one inch away from falling. <laughs> <laughs> And people don't think about that stuff, but you have to safety all this. Yeah. You know, you're walking in the dark through a field. There's no real path. I like this shot, too, moving moving along the, the weeds. Yeah, we didn't get... I love it. We yeah. didn't get a lot of it. We didn't get a lot of stuff out here um, because it's really tricky. Again, you have to have your generator and your crew, and when you're working with so little money, you don't have the, the lights or the pe- the people to go out into the field. Like, we're actually probably 10 feet from the barn right now. Yeah. <laughs> but we cheat it. No, <laughs> that <very> look. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> very classy. Uh-huh. 
I love her. She's, you know, right. a She's moral center. Too nice to ever consider such a thing. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. It's getting ugly. Yep. Yep. If you, know, you hear screaming in the distance, you should go the other direction. That's always a good rule of thumb. I got to say, guys, this was the hardest thing to cut here almost. Like, um, we had so little footage here. And they were already so close to the barn because, like I said, I couldn't get far away with the lights that um, some of these shots were actually cropped from, you know, because we were shooting on 4K, we were able to crop the shots to piece it out to give you a sense of all of them and all of them moving and creating a little space and distance. It was it was not easy. Like, they're, like, really a foot in front of you, know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> Make that all work. Oh. Oh. That was so hard to do. Um, initially, they told me we couldn't do it. Because of the uh, physics of mm-hmm. it, and um, apparently, if we did it, the whole do- you know uh, door was going to come off the barn. That was a really old barn, and that's an authentic barn. So, oh, that was not an easy stunt. Oh my! Oof! Oh, what a great effect! That yeah, was, that looks good. As all in camera, yeah. she's holding it to herself, obviously now, and, and acting through it. Um, so, so our moral center of the movie is gone. Yeah. It's gone. We, we have just slaughtered in front of everyone. And this is one of the things that, you know, you certainly fought for. Uh, I like that Toby has to watch it. Yeah. That fight for, we, we, that was the number one fight going into production, you know, from all the financiers and and the producing team and everybody initially were against that. They said, you can't kill off your, your main character. But we knew that that would work because by doing that, we sent the whole order of the kills into chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody watching assumed she would be the final girl. And now, now you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. At this point, you, you're no longer in safe hands. Uh, you as a director have, have told the audience, it doesn't matter who you are or what you're like. Everything is open for discussion here. There is no kill off the table. Yeah, and I think which is you know exactly. And the next person to go actually is you know uh, Sean, which is the yeah. quarterback. You, <laughs> you would have thought he would have been the second, like second to last. Yeah. You know, so things start to go haywire, and I think it's amazing. Um, it's like the secret sauce of the film. Yeah, in a traditional movie, he would die sacrificing himself for her, and yes. she would have the final fight with the killer. And yeah, that would be. If we were doing a true 80s uh, slasher movie, that's the formula. Uh, but that's where we, we were able to subvert it, and um, I think that's what really works for the yeah, film. absolutely. I, th- I think it's... Oof. The, oh. So, we haven't really met Junior much. We saw him for a second earlier when he came out with his... Uh, what was that thing? Pickaxe? Uh, uh, oh, so... Yeah, so... All right, so here we're... You know, obviously he is, in theory, caressing her. Yeah, he was caressing her, and and now he just went in for a kiss. And he is um, enjoying her lips. (laughs) Quite tasty. Yeah. You tell him what. Weapon up. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we've just crossed, you know, a threshold now. Um, Adrian's gone. We know that, you know, uh, Junior's planning to eat them all. Yes. They're getting armed. So it's time to rock and roll. 
Yeah, from you know, this point on, we are, you know, we get a kill. Uh, you're, you figure we're... Let me look at our, our time code here. We've got about 30 minutes left. And we have a whole lot of characters that seem to be doing just fine. And that can't stand. No. Uh, no. So, yeah, this comes pretty fast and oh, furious. Can I just say that this scene here was supposed to be filmed up in the upstairs hallway. And we didn't have the time to go up there. Um, and... I didn't yell cut at the end of the scene when I, everybody split off. And so because I didn't yell cut, these two just went into it. And he happened to slide down there. And the thing looked so beautifully framed in the doorway. It was just one of those happy accidents that you get on set, you know. Um, and it's also a very vulnerable scene, you know. Right. Again, trying to subvert the characters a little bit to say the stereotype may be true, but maybe there's more to him than you think. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, you you don't get all your shots, but... Then again, you get shots that you didn't expect, you know, like that one. This one was planned and is one of my favorites. Oh, oh beautiful. So creepy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eric's musical sting there is just right on the money. Um, there's like a whole pile of clothes of past victims. It's just so, you know, creepy. I was surprised at the number of people that said this death uh, that we're about to see is maybe the most brutal of the film. Well, yeah, but it's always I always get this one or uh, Wesley, Wesley's eye pop. Sure, but um, I think this is the most brutal. I mean, I think it lasts the longest, and Justin sells it. Oh man, Justin is just incredible in it. <laughs> I, you know, I can't help but delight in the fact that our final girl is in pieces on a table. Yeah, before <laughs> we hit the hour mark, I really love that. And I love that Junior, you know, is not a fast guy per se. He's more inevitable. You yeah. know, we, we did, we, that was a conscious decision on our part to just have him move methodically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's not looking good. Yep. No, let's. But if he can just get out, he'll yep. be okay. I think. He's going to be fine. There's the key. Oh, that's just a great moment. You know, again, <laughs> it's like these are classic moments yeah. that we're throwing in there. But they work. It's yes. like, you know, you're not going to make a cake and not put some sugar in it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that shot. Yeah. I and mean, we wanted to, pl- I mean, in, in addition to doing the subversive stuff, oh, you're going to be fine. You got out. Uh, um, that we built. We built this whole thing. Oh, it looks so good. Um, to and, work with oh, the script. Oh, no. Um, That's going to leave a mark. Yeah, and that was done for real. You know, we have a plate in his back, like, to protect him from the, the, the auger. Uh, uh, such a good angle on it, but uh, but yeah, yeah. So in addition to this being, shot, you know, there was some discussion about that moment. People are, you know, like uh, the editor was kind of like, "Well, where is that taken from?" I'm like, "I don't care. It's just it's really visceral." Mm-hmm. And this shot is my favorite, probably of the sequence. Yeah. The the exterior hand shot where he gets pulled in. Uh, just the sound of the auger hitting the floor is. And this actually was it. Yeah, it's just great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie doesn't suffer fools. Uh, yeah, I I love that. Not only do we get to to play subversive a little bit with all these elements, but we also just get to have fun making a horror movie. So some of this stuff is not. 
you know, trying to be overly clever or anything. No. We just want to have a good time. Absolutely. I really love Elise in this scene. And in general, she does such a good job of um, being strong but not taking over the scene mm-hmm. so that, you know, and that was intentional. Oh, love that. Right, wrong way. <laughs> Let's move the fridge. We have uh-huh. a lot of time. So this is great. This was a back a back way that I found when I got to the location. This is actually the house now back in Perry Sound. And we had to clear that area. It was all overgrown, but we thought it was fun. Now, they could have gone the other way. Sure. <laughs> but because it's an 80s slasher, let's take bring them bring back this way. And is this he? Is, oh, nothing good. Oh, oh Jesse, break my heart, buddy. Yeah. Sometimes dead is better, Ian. And I love this scene. I, I love that they're like, you know, they're five to one or whatever it is at this point. And it's like, Wesley's the smartest guy in the group. Yeah, as for per, sure. You know. Now, oof, you know, the lights were coming up here, like the sun was rising the crew was packing it up. I had one camera. They didn't even want to give me anything after everybody split. And I had to shoot this like maybe in 20 minutes, you know, this sequence. But I'm really happy I got it. Yeah. Um, we did plan to shoot the missing real scene that's coming up, but that never materialized because of the schedule. Um, I, I love the fact that he throws away the weapon as well. The polarizing yeah. real missing scene there. You know, some people love it. Some people hate it. But but uh, it is kind of necessary to what we want to do at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it really serves to throw you off the scent of Jamie as the final girl. Yeah. Um, it's a little jarring and disorienting. Like we said, some people really love it. There is a, a work print feel to the whole movie, yeah. uh, like you're watching a projection, but it might be a little more 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, like I said, it, it throws people clearly way off the scent. And when Jamie drops out of that tree later, most everybody's surprised because they yeah. assume she died. Um. Uh, this this is not going to turn out well for anyone in this scene. Another great line, you know. I mean, this guy has been telling them all along from the minute they got to the house. Hey, guys, I don't think we should be heading in. Right, there. we shouldn't go in there. But I'm 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 sticking with you. Now we should leave. Yeah, I mean, he keeps telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody's listening. And, you know, I think a lot of people would have imagined in a traditional uh, 80s slasher that he would have been the first victim, you know? Yeah, first or second is, yeah. is usually the order of uh, of that sort of thing. But we uh, we definitely w- didn't want to do that. But at the same time, he's not our final girl. He is... Yeah. Uh, I couldn't shoot the reverse of this. Like, <laughs> he wasn't set up and there's just no time. So that's why you don't get the reverse of the door kind of half open because there's actually lights and crew out there. That's where we're filming from. <laughs> that's Video Village. I like this moment because it's sort of like... Um, it's the tease. Yeah, it's meant to throw you off it, you know? Like, if it's going to happen, it'll happen here, and then it doesn't. So, you know, here too, and it's like... And then when you get back to here, it just kind of, boom. Yep. And there was some discussion. I I will freely admit that I err on the side of awful. Uh, so, the... Journey to the glass, uh, I always push for as long as possible. Yeah. And at a certain point, you're like, no, no, we have to do the rest yeah. of the movie. <laughs> well, you know, this right here, oh. that, that's one of the only 
uh, if only vi- one of the only visual effect shots in the movie. We 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 actually had a cow eye, a bucket of cow eyes that we planned to use, but um, they were just too big um, to look human, and it just looked too silly. And they didn't give you the pop that you wanted. So um, that's one of the the very few places where we had to augment reality. I love this cart. Um, I found <laughs> it on the location and decided to use it for this scene. I think it really worked out nice with them looking through it. Yeah. And Johnny and Heather out for themselves. Yeah, uh, that's a great moment. No surprise to anyone. Yeah, I, you know, but she was willing to help. But yeah. he's, he shut that down. So yeah. here we are in that barn that wasn't supposed to be in the movie, and I really love it. <laughs> Can I say Lainey, of all the actresses in the movie, had the least experience going in? And I just think she did oh, really? an amazing job. Yeah, out of all of them, she had the, the least amount of credits, and you would never know it. I mean, she's... She's an amazing Heather. You know, we kind of bounced over the line, but uh, the I don't want to be eaten by a cannonball oh. is one of my favorite lines of the movie, and she just nails it. I, again, she of of all the characters, she had the most lines that when I was watching a lot of the audition tapes, I thought, I need to rewrite a fair amount of her character because it's just not playing, and she just brought it. I'm, yeah. I'm incredibly grateful. Um, We had these lame flashlights if you <laughs> like we didn't have those cool movie flashlights mm-hmm. that you know you get when you have a budget so we were using real flashlights and a lot of times they were dimmer and um i actually had to uh in the post sometimes raise you know the lighting in the actual lens to to make it look like it wasn't ha- half dead light Man, um, see you toby yeah so this is a scene i was telling you where now we come back into the barn and instead of getting that overhead that we had earlier it's all pieced out and you don't know where anybody is and Junior could, could jump out at you from anywhere. I I kind of contend here uh, that Johnny's idea of hiding in the car, while not the smartest idea ever, uh, I don't think it's totally out of character for him to just find the place to squirrel away and hide. No, Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of times he's a bit of a blowhard and he's waving his weapon around, but at the end of the day, he's not really looking to fight. Yeah. He's probably just a bully. That's, yeah, yeah. A little, a lot of talk and a badge. Um, It was so hard to get this car in the barn, by the way. I just want to tell you. It was another huge fight that I had um, because they thought that the barn, the floor of the barn would break. Uh, Don't ask me. I guess there's something under the barn floor. Yeah. Um, But we made it happen. All right, yeah. Everything seems okay. We're cool. <laughs> yeah, it takes the time to at least blow out the light. Again, I yeah, I think he's playing this right. Yeah. It it doesn't work out at all. I really uh, like, you know, and she, her fear though. Like his 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 performance is, you know, he's really intense, but she's she's just like, you know, bringing it up a notch on the fear, you know. Yeah. Um, she's a wreck. Yeah, she's a wreck and that really helps to sell everything. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, I I oh. think before we get into the car with these two, uh, quick note about the eye thing, uh, just uh, because a couple of people have asked, yes, that is a nod to Fulci's Zombie 2. Yes. Um, uh, this was so difficult to film again, guys. I mean, you're inside of a car. There's <laughs> yeah. not a lot of room. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things that's odd is, oh, more disco. Thanks, Mr. C. Um, yeah, let me just say, 
<laughs> I think it's funny though, like because you know, again, you know, part of what part of Mister C is a little bit of comic relief. Yeah, you know, absolutely for sure. I mean, he, I think he was aware of that. And um, by the way, I want everyone to pay close attention to Robert Patrick's flashlight skills as he gets out here. This is a couple of years on X Files for you. You get this kind of look at that. Mm-hmm. And I, this guy is—he knows his way around a flashlight. That's all I can tell you. Just the way he holds it and. You'll see later. He, he, everybody else, you have to ask them to put the flashlight into the camera to get that flare. Mm-hmm. But Robert just, he knows. He knows where that flashlight's supposed to be. Uh, man can't stand a party. Joyriding delinquents. <laughs> Almost everything he says could be on a t-shirt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, he's, he's so funny in the movie. This is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, I love it. Um, I think the audio came out great. They, at one point, they wanted to ADR the whole thing because there's a lot of creaking and shifting going on. But mm-hmm. I just felt the original performance was so powerful that we just augmented it. Um, again, these are really close quarters. So if you imagine the emotion that these actors are delivering here and then the parade of people that are actually circled around them, filming them, you know, it's just so hard. Right. And they, they really do it gracefully. Johnny trying to be a decent guy for a second. Nice to see. Yeah, no, I mean, I think at this point you like Johnny. I mean, even reluctantly, you kind of like the guy. I mean, which is why it's time for him to go. Yeah. We try to make them as likable as possible before dispatching them and, this is another polarizing scene. Yeah, and another fight, as a matter of fact. Yeah. There were people who did not want to see this happen in the yeah. movie. This was the second biggest fight um, outside of having Adrian die first, was this dog uh, getting its neck broke. And I got, for the record, I have two dogs. I'm a huge dog lover. I, I have rescues. Um, but this is a movie. Yeah, I you know, I'm certainly an animal lover myself. I would never ever hurt an animal in real life, but the fact that she has to make this sacrifice to protect them both and then it doesn't matter. Oh, and look at his reaction by the way. Yeah. Like I know it's a little soft there, but when it, like he really sells it. I mean, she's holding a stuffed animal. Yeah. And it's all for naught. You know, yeah. that's like it's so it's so brutal. It's like she does the sacrifice, like you said, um, and it's almost unthinkable. And then this karma's a bitch. Mm-hmm. And Eric Allman's score is just great. Again, uh, that's probably just for yard work. That's <laughs> they're just sitting ducks. Oh, I mean, now this was interesting, actually, because we weren't, you know, how much of this do you actually show? You yeah, know what I'm saying. I mean, there was a version of this where uh, the dog was skewered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just too much. Yeah. So, um, and also we also have a version where she snaps the dog's neck on camera, but you know, we went back to that Tarantino thing in Reservoir Dogs, oh. where it's it's just scarier to see it off sometimes for it to happen off camera yeah you know like when he cuts off his ear yeah i mean this is i think the most brutal part of the movie in terms of you know 
dog, Heather, Johnny. It's a trifecta. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I love when he kicks the, the car out and it lands on him. And again, I think that those are just us pulling fake dummy legs and stuff, but it really yeah. works. It lo- Yeah, it looks great. And, uh, you know, it. we're already in a dangerous place with this movie because we don't know who the last person is. Yeah. And now do we... Does everyone die? You know, I think is the the question. And or at least that's what we hope for is that there is the notion that, hey, maybe no one gets out alive. Absolutely. <laughs> that's just great. Um, nothing more to say about Robert Patrick. Yeah. He's just so damn good. Yeah, it's it's hard to to talk over him because everything he does is just so much fun. Um here's another classic moment. I think, you know, where you think you've escaped and then, wait, what's dropping on my head? Mm-hmm. This was so tough to film as well. It was just hard to get up in the tree and make that work. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's alive. Yep. You remember Jamie, everyone? Well, she's here. Oh. I love that little line, you know. Yeah. Because she will. Yep. Oh my gosh. You know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Eve, Eve, Eve really sells this. Like her performance of going into shock. We talked about it earlier, but but I think it's just money. And of course we have the repetition here uh, as she talks about fate like she, uh, she did with Toby. Only this time it is uh, not quite as positive an outcome. Yeah. It was, you know, it was funny when we were actually make deciding what they were going to wear. It was important that we put Elise in that uh, yellow sweatshirt because mm-hmm. we knew we'd have her running around later through the dark, and we needed something that would pick up on the film. Yeah, it, again, great costume. I mean, not only does it serve that purpose, but it just it fits the the era so well. Um, yeah, but I'm saying you're not you're not even thinking of those details. Yeah, right? that kind of thought goes into this stuff. I mean, I pinned Marilyn's pants myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With safety pins, just like, you know. Oh, he was so good in this. Yeah. And so is Elise, you know. She's a great counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Not not underselling her, but... Yeah, but this is Eve's moment. Right. The, it's over now. Of just the, absolute <laughs> surrender. I mean, but the fact that she could sell that stick mm-hmm. is a testament to Elise. <laughs> oh, it's fate. Mm. This was so much fun to do. Um, I know that sounds bad, but this is actually <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a dummy head. Um, that's the real Eve right there. But but um, what you saw being slammed before was a dummy head. So just a little bit of trickery. This was all in camera with live effects. You know, as we're we're coming to the end of things here, uh, just a quick word about the kills. We don't repeat anything. You know, there are plenty of movies out there where a guy's got a knife and you're going to see a knife from cover to cover. But <laughs> it was important for us to do, to do something that was a little more fun uh, in, in regard to the kills. And yeah, it's a little bit more like um, happy birthday to me or, or something yeah. in that in that regard. Yes. Well, here's Mr. C. He's here to save the day. Sure. 
Um, and I love how we subvert that as well. I mean, there's a lot of people that actually wanted to see that fight. Of course, of course. And we, we talked about that quite a bit of, of what's more effective seeing it or not seeing it. Um, I think in a, in a perfect world where this movie was, uh, you know, another half million dollars uh, worth of budget, we probably would have shot it and decided from there. Absolutely. And we actually, if you, we tried to even, um, we did those storyboards, you mm-hmm. know, to, yep. we thought maybe during the credits we'd run those and give people the fight, but it just didn't, didn't fit into the film. There's nothing, you know, comic book right. related Sorry, we get riveted by our own performance. I know I, it's it's kind of sad, but again, the the end of this movie trucks. Yeah, and, and I love Junior here. You know, I don't know what people. You know, some people are saying you know they want him to like be even scarier and come run, rushing at him or something. I just love that he just stands there staring at him. You know, and it's just everything about him is just slow and methodical until he actually strikes. Right, and I think there's a bit of seeing a fellow hunter. You know, in in this uh, exchange that. uh, Yeah, and then he's heard enough. Yeah. At a certain point, like, okay, let me size you up for a second. (laughs) Is this going to be any trouble? No, let's do this. All that was ad-libbed by Robert. um, Hanoi Jane stuff. And Mm -hmm. he we just have so many great takes where he's just going off in that scene. Oh, it's fine. You're safe. You'll be fine. This was a really fun shot. Um, obviously, that's a visual effect. Right, you know, right. You get his mouth, his jaw opening a little bit. Um, we didn't have the money to model his head, or we would have, but that's like another five grand or something. So, yeah, um, it's it's crazy how little decisions like that. Like you, you <laughs> oh. I love that we see Adrian's face, and now he's gone from eating her lips to eating everything. Right, um, the, the whole face. Uh, yeah, it's. It's tough to oh. imagine that something as simple as five grand. Oh, yeah. nice. I was sitting right in front of that door. When that door came down, it came down like uh, six inches from my face. <laughs> yeah. I love how here he gets sort of distracted by his own handiwork, you know, a little bit mesmerized. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, an altar of sorts, as we've said, and, and there is a weirdly religious component to it all. That shot I had to... Oh. Oh, nice one. That's my favorite. This is a big stunt for our production. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We had guys building boxes all day long. And um, in that shot before where the the window comes down on his hand, we had to film that in reverse, actually. Um, Jamie is made of steel. Mm Mm-hmm. She well, can take as, a, a licking and keep on ticking. As all final girls should be, she, uh, she does not buckle under pressure. She is here for survival and... Uh, and, you know, as as we said earlier, the scene on the bus uh, definitely points out the fact that um, she is no stranger to pain. Yeah, and I also love those gummies on her wrist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. My sister's had all that stuff in the 80s. You also notice that she's in yellow and Mr. C's car is in yellow and, and uh, the school bus was in yellow. And there's mm-hmm. sort of a thematic thing running through that as well. But there's no time for that now because <laughs> Junior is upon us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're coming down to it. These shots of her point of view going through the the woods, we didn't have that. We didn't have time to shoot that when we were on set. And so, actually, I phoned home and um, to a buddy of mine who was a DP, Chris Lockett, and my wife uh, went with him, and they filmed that, the two of them, running through there with just a handheld. Yeah. And, it, 
adds so much to that moment, I think. It really does. And then we put a lot of scratching over that. And the whole thing just is kind of very discombobulating and, and raises the, the tension. Uh, I love the look that she gave there, uh, back to the woods. Oh, she's going to be fine. Yeah, this is all going to work out. We're good. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I just love this. and um, That's a great shot. Yeah, that's a really, really fun like shot. That. The, uh, looking down the the aisle at the seats is, is really nice. This is a really fun moment because it's pretty much impossible that Junior would actually be here behind these seats right yes. now. <laughs> Yes. But as it was pointed out to me uh, when we were making it, there has to be one moment like that where the killer in, in the slasher film is somewhere he just can't possibly be. Yeah. Um, so we went with it, and I think it really works. Um, you know, I will accept any uh, leap of logic if it gets us to the, the point where she kicks him out the back of the bus, which I absolutely love. Yeah, here's Dad. He, uh, he decided he couldn't wait any longer. For Mr. C to get the job done. Mm. Jamie gets a little bit of a upper hand here. And um, Junior does not like that. It's a fun stunt. Yep, I like that. I think that's a good edit too. Yeah. I love David's performance here. Yeah. Hey, pal. You all hey. right? Hey, like, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. There's our gun from the first act. If you're going to have it, you better use it. Uh huh. Yeah, don't worry about Jamie behind him. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, you better hope that none of those shots are pass throughs. Yeah, exactly. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, David is just great at, at playing that moment. And, uh, and obviously, Elise's look at the end is like just, oh. It, it's. Yeah, she's she so, just, so good. And we'll have one more uh, coming up. But um, let's take a second to introduce the master himself, Rick Rosenthal. Yes. About to step into the movie. Yes. And before we do, I'll just say that, that what looked like a crane shot was not. It was one of those tree trimming things that you people go up oh, and like down. Like a cherry picker, yeah. Yeah, because we couldn't afford that. Here's Dad, um, our final shot of him realizing uh, he's lost now both daughters. And here's Rick. Uh-huh who was my mentor at the American Film Institute when I went there to do the uh, directing program and um, was just so honored to have him be in the movie since he did Halloween 2 and uh, Halloween um, H2O. Oh, that's money, the way he delivers that. That's me. That's my hand. That's my my director's (laughs) cameo cameo right there. (laughs) And actually, when we shot that... um, just before I yelled at, you know, just after I yelled action, the the actor actually jumped up and scared the <laughs> shit out of me, and uh, the whole crew had a good laugh. And that was my Hitchcock cameo in my hand. He's so gravelly, he which is. is exactly what we needed for this guy. Yeah, and you know, I, initially I asked him to uh, chew tobacco. We had him spitting tobacco, if you remember, but he's not into tobacco and doesn't know how to chew tobacco and he didn't want it to look like fake mm-hmm. um but he did have a hip injury and he did have a cane and knew how to walk with a cane effect you know realistically and so he he brought that into the equation um and substituted the tobacco for the the walking stick and i think that's great and we made it um an old injury from the first jode fight that he went through you know which we learned about here yeah well so, there 
This is where we do give what backstory we have, other than the uh, the story that's told in front of the altar by the kids earlier. Um, we kind of get the official version of what went down with the Jodes here. Yeah, I really do like though that if when we get a chance to do the prequel, you yes. will see a lot of the little things we put in this movie were you know appear in that movie for real. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, like how he got this limp. Yeah, Rick was great. Rick also saved me on set a couple of times with some really smart suggestions for how to cut time and shoot things, you know? Oh, sure. This was really fun. Uh, We didn't really have any old footage. We just had um, B-roll of the house, but we felt like we needed something. So we treated it to look like it was, um, you know, black and white and memory and through the bullet shots in there. And hopefully that worked. Uh, uh, everything's good now, Ian. The yeah. sun's coming up. This was uh, a stock shot, one of two. One was the bus traveling, mm-hmm. um, and that the sun was the other one. We we really wanted to have that um, feeling of like a sunrise and a closure, and yeah. kind of brought me back to the lake in Friday the 13th. Yes, yes, absolutely. A lot of this scene is from that, yes. Yeah. Oh, no. You didn't really think it would be that easy, did you? So here's the classic shot that things went very bad. Junior busted out of the bag, and uh, and he's obviously back on the loose. Oh. I love that classic freeze frame. Yep. Had Those to do it. it. Yeah. I mean, again, the, the, a lot of this movie is us trying to be a little bit subversive, and there's a hefty amount, too, of let's just be awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a love letter. Uh, to that genre and you know yes so I, I had somebody make a comment like why didn't the ambulance pull over but i think that um like the one that she's in when they see the corner van i think that would have been the next shot would have yes. been them pulling over so but we went into the freeze uh anything you want to say about uh cast and crew as they uh they come up here well bill was uh, you know an amazing asset he was my um assistant director and he was also a line producer on the film and director in his own right. So he brought a lot of experience to the project. Um, Elise and the rest of the actors, we've already said how amazing they yeah. all are. Um, you know, I, I point out that my producer, Eric Goslin really gave us a lot of creative freedom. Um, so it wasn't like there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen, you know, um, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of time, but I did have a lot of creative freedom. Yeah. So I, I really appreciated having that final cut. And, uh, Oh, Mark Weeby. Yeah, if we we haven't mentioned his name, but there's your junior Jode, and uh, he's like a classically trained actor. Yep. So it's quite it's quite fun to actually meet him in person and see like what a, a well spoken, intelligent, thought you know, thoughtful guy he is, and then to see him yeah. playing this cannibalistic killer. Um, Peter, we brought up before, he was like um, my left hand man, basically, you know, outside of my DP who helped with designing everything. Eric's music. Um, just amazing. This is a fun real remix that we did uh, of the original Junior Joe theme that you're hearing right now over the credits. Rosie and Howard were awesome. Um, Howard helped bring some of the financing to the project. And Rosie is, um, she's just, she was uh, Eric's second in command. So she just handled so many of the little things that we needed to get done. Yeah. It, you know, even for a movie as small as ours, obviously you can see that, uh, the the number of people that have to pitch in to make it happen is, you know, how do you thank them all? Uh, but without it, 
there just wouldn't be this movie. And I, I would be sad if that weren't the case. Absolutely. Um, Matt Ellis was a rock star as the property master and really helped out a lot with the props and designing a lot of those props. Uh, there's so many people flashing by. Everybody here in this crew really put a lot of heart into it. Everybody loved the project. Um, I mean, we all went through some rough spots to get it there, but there was so much passion from the crew, you know, shooting up in Sudbury, and everybody was really, really psyched to be involved with it. Um, There's all our music, all our sound-alikes that, uh, man. Yeah. we They really work. They really do, and it uh, goes to show that those were like, I think, 400 bucks a track. There's 10 tracks. That's four grand for the soundtrack. Yep. And, uh, and it worked. Randy Schinder, uh, we couldn't have made the movie without her and all the other investors. Um, and then my wife, Bar Pali, and you know, my mentor, Amos Poe. I can't go through all these thank yous, but a lot of people you could see were involved in helping us get, get to the finish line. Especially also the Northern Ontario Heritage Fund, which gave us a third of our budget. So that was uh, incredibly helpful. Yes. Thank you, Ontario. (laughs) Uh, And we have one last little uh, bit of business. Yes. Before before we wrap up here. But uh, I think it's safe to say thanks. If you've made it this far through the commentary, thank you so much for uh, listening. And I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for uh, you know, being an owner, a proud owner of Lost After Dark. I I second that wholeheartedly. Hold on here. And there's a final <laughs> shot, you know, Junior's back in the woods. He's refueling. And uh, hopefully you guys will get to see what happens in Lost After Dark 2 if we yeah. get a chance to make that. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks again, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed the film.